We're all on the spars, but <laughs> we're not. We're not one bit happy. That's uh, us on this post, and we're not one bit happy. For immediate reaction from around the grounds, catch League of Ireland late night every Friday, 10 p.m. on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off the Ball. The news round on Off the Ball with Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock tonight. Ah, the Nations League. Why do you hurt us so? 12 matches, no wins for the Republic of Ireland, just two goals scored and yet another defeat last night against Ukraine at the Aviva Stadium. Some big questions for Stephen Kenny to start answering a lot of people feeling Ireland are right back at square one once again. We're going to have a reaction to that game with John Giles from Half Past Seven and Dan McDonnell is going to be along for the football show. We'll also hear from two Ireland internationals, Jack Byrne and Jamie Finn during the football show. After eight o'clock, the former Kerry footballer Tommy Walsh will join us. He'll look ahead to the weekend's football qualifiers. Uh, Ireland international Claire Shine has a new book out. She's only 27, but it's her autobiography. She's had a remarkable journey over the last few years, battling through alcoholism, struggles with drugs and hoping to get back into Vera Powell's international setup. So Claire Shine's going to be in studio after 8 o'clock and we're going to be talking as well about uh, Live Golf. It has happened. Round one is just coming to an end. Uh, they say they're going to revolutionise golf but it's a five-hour first round. Uh, Live Golf just outside London. They're just about to wrap up in the next few minutes. A pretty extraordinary day in professional golf. The PGA Tour have responded with bans for all of those who have taken part. 53106 is the text number. If you want to get in touch, give us your thoughts on what you made of the performance at Lansdowne Road last night. And also, if you've been watching the golf on YouTube, let us know what you've made of it all. 53106 is the text number. Add off the ball on any of the social channels. Richie McCormick, good evening. Evening, Nathan. And couldn't drag himself away. Couldn't drag himself away from YouTube all day, Richie. And Joe Malloy, who in a purely professional capacity, just sat down for the afternoon to keep an eye on this. How are you, Joe? Hello, gents. How are we doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Maybe we should come to the golf in a minute because I think we need to start with the football. Uh, we were at the Aviva Stadium last night. And uh, Stephen Kenny has come in and he's, what, 23 games into this now, Joe? And I think for a lot of people last night... It was maybe the biggest setback so far, not in terms of results. Luxembourg was a very difficult one to get over. Armenia, very difficult. But just in terms of where this group is going, it didn't feel very different to what we saw three years ago, five years ago, in terms of style of football, in terms of progress, creating opportunities. It felt like a a massive step back. Yeah, I suppose it did. It's hard to find an upside in last night. I mean, certainly... The result in Yerevan put a certain pressure on this week and it now looks like a very difficult week. I, I don't know what to say anymore, really. Like, <laughs> it is disappointing because we felt that we had turned a corner. Mm. And so now we've turned that corner and we seem to have uh, come across a brick wall in the middle of the road. I mean, certainly my sense watching it was Ukraine with the better team pretty much throughout from the first, or uh, bar the first rather, 13, 14 minutes or so. It was just very lifeless and slow. You can almost forgive any style of football if there's a certain pace to it, but the Irish style, it was just, it was just painfully slow and Ukraine were incredibly comfortable when they had the ball and they were pretty much comfortable when Ireland had the ball, bar when we reverted to what it seems we can only revert to at a certain point, which is... Uh, Shane Duffy trying 
get us a goal and that's that's really kind of a grim state of affairs you rightly and, and it is correct to talk Stephen Kenny and so where is where is Kenny and and that's that's a question I suppose that will be answered further over the rest of the week I have to say I, I really like this bunch of players in, in many ways but um, they have to take a lot of responsibility as well for Yerevan as well nothing I said it to Stu Byrne nothing the Ukraine players did was outstanding or like jaw-dropping. I mean, fair enough, they, they disallowed goal. But you, you, in general play, nothing they did was outstanding jaw-dropping or beyond the reaches you would think of a lot of these Irish players. But then a part of me thinks just, the, just their efficiency, the better decision-making, uh, better ball control, better passing, just all these little things add up, add up, add up, add up, add up. And uh, by the end of it, they win the arm wrestle and it's, and it's conclusive. I just found myself looking at the players and thinking, this may just be where we are, actually. And in previous managers, we've looked at the management teams and felt, oh, well, they're not allowing the teams to express themselves. And here's Trapatoni ignoring a Wes Hoolan, And here's O'Neill and Keane. And we're hearing reports that not enough has been done in preparation. And, and Matt Doherty's on, doing radio station interviews and saying, well, you know, they're not doing very much behind the scenes training. And so there was there was this nagging hope, I think, that maybe... A management team hadn't arrived yet, which which truly believed in the players and was doing all the work possible. And I know that's happening with Kenny and Keith Andrews. For you just know how hard they're working. You know what they're putting into it. You know uh, the belief they have. They're 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 trying to get this team to play a brand of football. And look, you watch the last um, two nights, and of course the the tricky thing with international football is that other teams then start watching you back and start making plans for you and. Uh, maybe we just had a bit of success because Callum Robinson hit a level of form that he's not likely to hit very often and because other teams were adjusting to the new style of football uh, we're playing. But frankly, we're not not all that good at it yet and teams can allow for it. And so, look, I'm very demoralised because I'd, I'd always wondered what would happen when we get a management team who truly did encourage the players to really play. And what we saw last night in Yerevan was... It's just so flat. It's so easy to play against. And, you know, that, that was a second string Ukrainian team and they couldn't have been more comfortable. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a painful one. And, and now Scotland and Ukraine away take on certain significance for the manager. But like, what, 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 what do we do here? Get well, I think demoralized is the word, manager, isn't it? Manager, manager. Isn't it because, uh, uh, listen, there's obviously been a divide right from the start of those people who felt that Stephen Kenny should never have got the job, that he wasn't fully qualified, he hadn't managed at a high enough level despite all he'd achieved with Dundalk. But there was also, I think, a majority who, like you say, believed in what they were trying to do and have got behind this group of players and want more from Irish football than just sort of chancing our arm. But I think those people coming out last night would look at it and think, where was that style of football in last night's performance? Where was Mm -hmm. it in the second half in Yerevan? And that while there's some pressure on Stephen Kenny, it's not overwhelming yet, but I think people now are looking at it thinking, you also need results. At some stage, you got to get the results. And that's why these next two games become hugely important. And I think last Friday, looking at the four games, you didn't think there was any way where there'd be question marks about Stephen Kenny's job. He had a new two-year deal in his back pocket. Whereas now you lose to Armenia, you lose at home. Suddenly, like Scotland, like Scotland have a better quality of player than Ireland have. And now you've got to go away and play Ukraine, who'll probably be coming out at full strength. And you are kind of worried about where we go. But 
the players are what they are but Stephen Kenny Richie can't use that as an excuse on day one before he even got the job he said he was never going to use that as an excuse though looking at it last night even if it's Ukraine's second string their midfield of Sidorchuk and Shaparenko like Shaparenko's 23 he's playing for Dinamo Kiev he's played Champions League football group stage Champions League football for the last two seasons group stage Europa League football for two seasons before that like these yeah. guys are playing at a level that we just don't have players at and it's not going to change anytime soon regardless of the good news for the 21s tonight who are guaranteed of a yeah. playoff we can stake it all on Will Smallbone but we've st- <laughs> we've staked it all on Troy Parrott and Michael Ovafemi and Aaron Connolly and maybe we just got a little bit carried away about the quality of the players that were coming through and lost a bit of perspective of what could be achieved because looking at last night against a second string Ukraine side technically they were miles ahead of what Ireland had yeah, that's that. I, I kind of agree with Joe in that aspect. In that, um, you kind of look at them and think, well, maybe this is where we are. Maybe, maybe there is no better to be had from the current crop of players that we have, and this is just our level. Because there's both in Yerevan and last night, and you can probably trace it back through previous games as well. You can see when Irish players get the ball, there isn't a sense that they're receiving the ball with the knowledge in their head of what the next three, four passes will be or what the next four movements will be among those around them. They receive the ball and then think, gosh, what next? Who's, where, where am I looking? Where, where, where's the runner Is that going? not a tactical where, thing where, where though, Richie? Is that not a tactical thing well, that, well, that well, you should I, I think have it is, worked it on is. the training ground that you know where the other guy is going to be and he's going well, to be in a, a good tact- position for you? It's a tactical thing and it's just a player awareness thing as well because you mightn't be used to playing that kind of head up ball and, and you know playing championship football playing league one football as a lot of these players have been like it's a different level to playing champions league group stages some of the second string ukrainians have been able to play um but there is like the, there are changes that, that kenny in my mind anyway c- can make at least tactically i've thought for the last two games that the front three looks very confused in what they're trying to do i don't think callum robinson is anywhere near the form where he was scoring those goals against azerbaijan and qatar um and i I think his his role is confused i think those around him uh, on either side of him get a bit muddled as well because the likes of chidozio bene and whoever is playing right wing back end up occupying a lot of the same space and neither of them do it particularly effectually so and midfield gets is understaffed I, I don't think that's uh, something that can be denied watching Josh Cullen and Jeff Hendrick chase shadows last night like there was one point last night where we lost possession I think it was around the hour mark We, the, the, Ukraine had lost possession around 40 yards from our line and there was no midfielder there was nobody within mm. ten, from, for us within 10 yards of the ball to go and retrieve it like, little things like that shouldn't happen well ironically happen Richie, way too frequently ironically having more defenders on the pitch is making Ireland more open because of the space that is being left in the yeah. midfield there's the space left in the midfield there's no proper link between midfield and the attack there's no proper screen then between midfield and defence and it's just leaving you open to conceding long range goals like in essence we did last night in the first half and then uh, subsequently from the free kick like we did in Yerevan like we have done against Luxembourg and as like it, it's happened before and it will continue to happen because I genuinely think the midfield is understaffed and that is something that is easily changeable. I don't think there's a need to play with uh, with three centre halves at the moment. I think that was just a a patch that was put in place for something that would work because it was difficult to pick. You know, two out of four maybe or two out of three. Well, Whereas now, uh, play well, it back uh, four. I reckon. Yeah. Well, I I think as well though. To be fair, 
that three at the back can and should work if your wing backs are really mm. contributing. And there's no doubt that without Matt Doherty and without Seamus Coleman, we were down. I mean, Cyrus Christie is only okay on the ball and has only ever been very okay on the ball and not much more beyond. End of Stevens, I was just not quite getting the best out of Stevens. He played a beautiful right-footed uh, pass through to Jason Knight in the first half. And, and anytime you see Stevens, you think there should be more of a player in there because he's technically good. But I don't think our wingbacks were giving us enough. And if you're into that situation, then very quickly that uh, system is going to look uh, minus any... Yeah. armaments because they're your key ones well and, there's a lot and, coming in about Anthony Barry and Anthony Barry's yeah, influence well, uh, look, and that, that, jumped, that jumped out to me that jumped out to me because if you think in Yerevan for instance here, here's maybe the, the re, you know the beauty of Barry was he was working with Tuchel week in week out and he was having to they, they I suppose Chelsea coming up with solutions to different problems posed by different teams and so you know what that's such that that is that is you know you're right at the the uh, pointed end of the trends in the game whereas like a you take Stewie Byrne last night we were chatting to Stewie he felt for instance in Yerevan that uh, Josh Cullen was uh, far too high up the pitch he should have been back there taking the ball off the back three that's what he wanted from mm. Cullen now Cullen was doing that last night but then it seemed like there was this enormous gap between the Irish midfield and the front three so which is it? Or does it depend on the challenge that the opposition are posing you or is it a mixture of the three? And certainly I mean the Barry exit and the subsequent downturn look it's very easy on the outside to take two plus two and get five sometimes but it can't help and and you did have someone who was working with Tuchel uh, and, and who was coming up with solutions to these problems all the time whereas without that who knows look I, I have to say though I come back to it watching that performance last night and watching the performance in Yerevan I think there is a reality about the players that we have to face and there are because do you know do you know what happens and it's been happening for a lot of the last year as well is that we we explain away really poor players I oh, look the player just made a mistake that time or just you know but like if you you are what you continually do mm. and we continually misplace passes we continually have bad touches we continually make bad decisions when we're on a you know a rare breakaway and ball carrier hurls two ahead of him and takes the wrong option and the move breaks down if you keep doing that then it's not an oh that's an uncharacteristic loss of the possession there you know, that, that's just kind of where we are a lot of the time and it's, it's where a lot of these players are. And, and I don't think there's any tactical innovation that can surmount those basics. And, and Ukraine, like I said last night, they didn't do anything that took our breath away. There was just an efficiency with the basics of the game done at a reasonable pace and off we go. And uh, we just couldn't do that. So if I was Stephen Kenny, I really would be sitting back watching that game and I would be thinking... Like any ideas, anyone? Because what what can we do here to get to to bypass some of these basics? And and the one thing that you could do is the one thing that I don't think he is going to do, and I'm glad he's not going to do it. By the way, is is let's just lump it forward to someone. Well, you see how ineffective that was when they eventually. Do we not lump it forward? We lump it forward a lot. We we do when when it gets it gets to a point and it gets to a point we need to salvage a game. That's what happens, and you can see how effective it isn't. uh, In essence, when that happens, because Mm. chances are so few and far between when you try and actually play that way and it's, it's it's beyond regressive well Stephen and Donegal makes that point that Ukraine just have better technical players this yeah. was true when Martin O'Neill was in charge we'll lose against Scotland not because of the managers because their players play for Manchester United Liverpool Chelsea Arsenal Celtic Aston Villa and like, international football isn't the pinnacle anymore like the Champions League is no. but they have players playing at that level they have players playing at a high level in the Premier League 
Ireland's players are coming from League One from the Championship where you can afford to give the ball away and you'll get it back pretty quickly but we mm. saw last night when you give the ball to Ukraine you don't get it back they can string 20 passes together they can know when to be patient they know when to inject a little bit of pace and there is no quick fix for that because listen we absolutely and lots of texts coming in uh, you know critical of off the ball and we started the Kenny bandwagon the one thing I've always been wary of is the hyping up of the players because Stephen Kenny's no control of the destiny of all these players and likewise with this 21s we all would love Will Smallbone to go on and become a key man for Ireland very quickly but he's been sat on the bench for Southampton all season the expectation is he'll leave Southampton this summer maybe on loan to a, a Premier League team maybe on loan to a Championship team but he's not going to be you know, he's not going to be a Declan Rice or a Jack Grealish who would transform a team. And it does feel that that's all it needs right now is one or two players at that top level, young, exciting, technically gifted, like what England are producing dozens of right now, would come in and transform this side if you had somebody in the middle of midfield, one or two players who could really take control of a game. Yeah, But we just don't know who those players are going to be. No, like just players to knit it together or just to unlock something. Like It was extraordinary in the first minute when Knight... <laughs> It's just so at odds with what we see Irish players doing all the time. Ball into Knight and he just rolls the player and turns and runs at the defence and he's away. And then a second or third time he gets the ball, he beats two men in the area, gets a shot away. And you kind of see what an individual can do at that level just to spark a bit of something. And then he went out of the game, much like the rest of the team. Wes Hulin in that environment would often spark something. Uh, you know, I always think I, he's on my mind because I was talking to Nedim Anua, the Manchester City player today. And he came through with Stephen Ireland. And, and, you know, Stephen Ireland was one of the great lost talents mm. who could play in that pocket and with first-time passes and vision, just get something moving and other players could play off him. And, and we absolutely lack that bit of talent in there. As for the... Um, I, look, there's, I wouldn't even pay much heed to those texts about the Stephen Kenny thing. I wish we had that much power that we could uh, get somebody <laughs> into a job. Let's remind ourselves of that whole situation and how the FA handled it and John Delaney and the whole succession plan. That, that whole mess. There was a lot more mm. going on there. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't make any apologies for pushing for somebody who was who had done what he did with Dundalk and, like, you know, and, and played the kind of football he had played and was going in with the 21s and then was going to make the step up and, and who your sense was really invested in Irish football and was going to prepare and you've Keith Andrews like are you telling me Stephen Kenny Keith Andrews can't sit down and analyse a game as well as anybody around you t- like you, do you think they don't know football do you think that's is that the issue here it's not the issue it's not the issue I think unfortunately I'm coming you know you're, you're kind of coming to the conclusion that look it was worth it was worth investing in that kind of a management team with that kind of philosophy but there is a, there is a bottom line with the players that we have well, and it's bizarre that anyone would send a message who claims to have an interest and a love of Irish football, uh, sort of trying to do down what Stephen Kenny achieved and do down the League of Ireland. So, oh, there's a glee in it. You can see it online. You can, there's, there's been a glee in his uh, misfortunes from day one. And it's born of a misconception about what the League of Ireland is or isn't. And it, it's really ugly, like really, really ugly to see people almost reveling in the fact that Ireland are losing. And but, that it's happening you know, at the hands of somebody who's from Dundalk. I agree with you, Rich. But you know the truth. We all know the truth. That is less than 1% of people. Mm. That is, honestly, they just, they're just they so loud and yeah. it's the online I've been world. told there's more football coming, lads. Just get the hell okay, on with it, the news round. <laughs> we, we will, we will. But just, just one point on that, though. Uh, the vast, vast majority of people you talk to uh, know their football. Like, watch their football. I've watched it for years. I've played it. They know their football. And the vast majority of people looking at it realise that the players are at a level and are willing to give Stephen Kenny a lot of rope because they understand he's trying to bring up the level and bring up the, 
the the efforts to at least play some football and people are realistic about where we can go. So the the one percent who are I don't know what texting in jumping up and down saying ha ha ha. I mean like they're to be ignored really. I pay no heed to. I have just been sent a tweet from an account called Bielsa to Ireland. Do you oh, think Irish football could even break Marcelo Bielsa's spirit? I would look if Bielsa wants to think about coming to Ireland. I think that's something we should. <laughs> we should talk about uh, we yeah. better get into the news round because we haven't even got to live golf the news round is brought to you by uh, Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to the day where are you starting Richie? Uh, we are starting with the war between the PGA Tour and LIV Golf. The PGA Tour suspending the 17 members who have decided to play on the Saudi-backed series. The breakaway tour underway just outside of London today. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monaghan has also informed all players that those who've resigned their memberships are no longer valid for FedEx Cup rankings. LIV Golf have called the move vindictive, claiming it deepens the divide between the tour and its members. Golf Channel analyst Brandel Chamley believes the LIV series marks a sad day for the game of golf. The foundation of the PGA Tour is built upon philanthropy. Uh, it looks after the players. It has health benefits, pension, uh, safety nets. It has tours for the beginning, the prime, and the end of players' careers. Now, let's look at Live Golf. What is it found? What's its foundation? Its foundation is based upon greed and sports washing. It buys these players, and it will treat these players. Make no mistake about it. It will treat these players as a depreciating asset. They will be expendable. They will be tossed aside when they have no further use to live golf. That's exactly what this is. They are just depreciating assets. So this is a sad day as we watch these players, uh, I think, destroy their reputations, self-immolate um, you know, all that they've stood for uh, in the game of golf. Yeah, listen, I don't know if I'd go quite that far on the PGA Tour and their philanthropic nature. Uh, the general sense of the PGA Tour's response with banning all of the players is that it's been quite weak and was the least that they could do. Uh, maybe there's more to come, but this is underway. The first round is just finishing around about now, around five hours, so uh, not that exciting. About 100,000 people watching on YouTube, we think. Uh, <laughs> what You've been tuning in throughout the day. Like, Is this revolutionised golf viewing for you, Joe? I watched a bit of it, yeah, just out of curiosity. There's scepticism over how many of those 100,000 people are real. I mean, what was worrying, if you're a DP World Tour fan, which of course I know you are, Nathan, they also uh, stream their coverage on YouTube and there was somewhere between 120 and 150 people watching that from Sweden. But they've got so, TV I mean, deals to counterbalance that too. Yeah, but how many people are actually don't? watching on, on Sky on a Thursday morning, do you think? And ironically, ironically, it is the European Tour who are being extremely innovative this week because that event that's on in Scandinavia is a mixed event where they put European Tour players yeah. and ladies European Tour players into the same tournament. Yeah, it's innovative and that is trying to grow the game. I would say one thing about the TV coverage, obviously it's overhyped and they're talking about this as some kind of revolution. And um, there was an odd thing, by the way, um, on the YouTube coverage. Oh, I don't know if it's still up because it, it shouldn't be. I've just, I've just spent half an hour watching that instead of watching oh the golf. It is, it's a, it's very, this is very much a, you know, an in-house thing, but this is every broadcaster's worst nightmare. nightmare. You'd be sa- you'd have been sacked oh, for two. It's all I could think of is, <laughs> I wouldn't have lasted <laughs> you, 90 seconds and I'd be lost. fired. If you go on to the Live Golf um, YouTube link and they have the first day streamed, the first hour of it is, I don't know who hit record or who hit live stream. Microphones are up and it's the production team and the presenters uh, getting ready for broadcast. And this is all streamed live and their microphones are up. And uh, the, ma- the main presenter, his name again, Nathan? Arlo White. 
Carla Arlo White. White's like uh, you know the star of Ted Lasso. As uh, yeah, as happens on TV, they're like rehearsing different things and different bra- graphics, and they're showing you know one graphic has the stops and. Arlo's turning to like the guys next to him and he's like, you know, oh, geez, I'm looking sh- forward to Chicago. One of the, one of the, there's a journalist in Chicago trying to get me fired. And, and the guys are like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And they're just chatting away, oblivious to the fact this is all going out on to the internet. Nobody said anything Keys-esque. So, somehow. I don't know there. how. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> um, as for what can, what can you glean from it? I mean, who knows? I would say, though, uh, the TV experience of the PGA Tour, or the European Tour, of an average Thursday, Friday, to a slightly lesser extent Saturday, Sunday, but only slightly, slightly lesser extent, they have like a field but stretched across 10 hours and it's way too thin and it's very slow. It's why when you watch golf, there are lots of shots of scenery and the leaderboards as they wait for the marquee groups to get to their ball after hitting. Whereas the one thing about a shotgun start is the Live Golf Money has bought enough big names enough big names that when there's a shotgun start and they're all on the course and they're all mic'd up it's non-stop golf shots and it feels like a much fuller tv experience leaving aside all the um issues people have with live golf and i was thinking to myself nathan you know you've sat through many a dull thursday it was a better tv experience it's something that the pga tour could maybe get away Mm. without whilst they were a monopoly but now that there's competition and a better tv experience elsewhere they they may have to look into something similar because the thought now of watching a pga tour event with so many breaks and play and and so much filler and most of the best players maybe out in the afternoon session you're watching morning session or vice versa i'm not sure if that's going to cut it for much longer yeah, they obviously don't have ads yet on Live Golf because nobody's actually advertising or sponsoring the event, which uh, impacts it. And also, the players weren't all mic'd up, which was, I thought, something they were oh. selling in advance, which was a major yeah. disappointment. Uh, we've got, I think, a good 90 minutes on Golf Weekly uh, this week, which is up online yeah. now, uh, otbsports.com <laughs> forward slash Golf Weekly. If you want even more of that, uh, I mean, told Richie to move along swiftly. We've got a lot to get to. Do you want to run through rapid fire? One addendum to that LIV, just seeing James Corrigan's tweet to say that uh, Alan Shipnuck, who of course reported those Phil Mickelson scary MFers mm. uh, comment, has been removed from the press area uh, by security right. while Mickelson was talking. So uh, another fine string to the bow of the right. Saudis there. Uh, Rory McIlroy, three off the lead after his opening round of 66 at the RBC Canadian Open. He's in the clubhouse on four under par. Shane Larry just a shot worse off on three under. William Clark leading in the clubhouse on seven under. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, the Republic of Ireland under 21s have secured at least a playoff spot for next year's European Championships without kicking a ball this evening. Sweden and Group F leaders Italy played out a one-all draw in Helsingborg. The result means Ireland can't be caught by the Swedes in second and go to Italy next Tuesday with a chance to top the group and qualify automatically. Dealer Waves play Bohemians in the Women's National League tonight. That kicks off around 15 minutes' time. Also underway in 15 minutes' time in Pristina, the uh, Group C, League C uh, meeting in the Nations League of Northern Ireland and Kosovo. Uh, We will... Uh, have live commentary of Republic of Ireland against Scotland on Saturdays off the ball from 5 o'clock so lots more to come on that John Giles coming up in just a moment and Dan McDonald on the football show as well we are out of time for now though Richie thank you as always nice and lads Joe enjoy the weekend thanks lads